0: Mana pitch. Centuries ago, we built a city on this coast to exploit a vast underground supply of it. A black, viscous raw material we refine into powerful mana gems. Soon after, the city became a magnet for unlikely events known as glitches, and improbable people called glitchers. Eventually, most citizens came to call Manapitch City by a new name. We present Mana Glitch, City of Accidental Wonders. Do try to keep your aura clear, citizen. Sure you've got the link? Are, are you hearing me at all? Pitch, I have never seen etheric interference like this I-, I can't hear you it says I've got a connection so here goes uh, this is Glenn 755 it's witch night and I'm in a smashed bookstore in the dark all by myself I think I'm sending from my scryphone to our equipment in the Managlitch City underground studio I hope we're broadcasting right now on Z frequency 2308 by Net, InfoTower, and Datascry. Maybe somehow we'll help you stay alive tonight in the City of Accidental Wonders. It's the last night of Witch Month in 715. Something shakes the planes of existence loose around Mana Glitch every year on this night. I mean, sure, we deal with glitches big and small every day, but on which night it's different. Smart people stay indoors, party hard, and greet the dawn with relieved hangovers. Of course, we we put up wards and shields, but just last broadcast I spoke confidently about the spell registry at the Department of Ritual Documentation. I assured all my listeners that they provided time-tested incantations against the worst witch-knight could throw at us. With the proper precautions, what's to worry? Uh-huh. What's to worry? Um, <clears throat> Earlier tonight, I watched the sunset over the ocean beyond the gleaming plaza where the rune portals were rebuilt. The sun seemed to dissolve into flaming water and even the red-orange anger of Niberon above just added to the disturbing beauty of the scene. I was at the portals to meet a very special friend coming in on the fold from Freehome. I hadn't seen them in a long time and really looked forward to it. But as I reached the front gates with my carefully sanitized identification, twilight fell over the city and something... something shifted... I felt the world fall away beneath me, and I fell after it. The feeling lasted only moments, but the guards' expressions echoed mine. We were embedded in wrong. Over the circular transit areas, lightning slashed through the sky. The carved managems below glowed in response, pale, disturbing shades of yellow, green and blue. We stared hypnotized at a form assembling itself over the plaza. A form a dozen stories tall that refused to come into focus unless you looked slightly away. Spindly legs covered in long spines like fur. A bloated, confused mass of fleshy folds that oozed sludge a ring of tentacles at the front with black light glow at the tips with a deafening crash of thunder the thing became regrettably clear it was everything i had thought i'd seen and worse some of the ministry guards ran screaming others instinctively opened up with bullets and beams I myself would have given a lot for a shoulder-braced splitter cannon right at that moment. Though none of the weapons appeared to have the slightest effect on the thing, it let loose with a howl of pain and rage that I still don't think I heard with my ears, but somewhere else. At that moment, I knew I had faced its smaller cousins before, and I remembered what Mistress Messier had said to me outside the studio. I beheld a being of malice, and I was not at all ready for the sight. Malicious it certainly was. It, it swiped a two-meter-thick, insect-like leg at a squad of ministry troops. I, I don't want to describe what happened. They, they, were-, they were crushed except for one trooper impaled upon one of the spines. I couldn't look for more than a moment at the horrible results. I knew then I had to get out of there, but, but I was worried about my friend, and I couldn't leave without finding out... No. No, that's a lie. I was frozen with fear. Fear. Though Malicious was still half the plaza away, I felt that if I moved, it would see me and I'd be the next one mangled flat. That's when hope appeared over the twilight-shrouded ocean. There must have been an ether ship in the docks almost ready for launch, because there it was, and it came cruising slowly toward the thing, as if taking its measure. At first, all I could see were the navigation lights, but but as it came closer, I could see it was a medium-sized gunship, and its gun turrets were swiveling towards the beast. MCES Storm Spawn, the registry on the side read. Oh, my heart leapt, and my hands tightened on the railing next to me. As soon as it had the range... The storm spawn blazed away with every weapon it could aim at malicious. Maybe skill guided them, maybe terror, but the gunners landed shot after shot, digging smoking divots from the creature's stinking flesh. Flailing legs accomplished it nothing, and the beast lurched around to stare balefully at the storm spawn with clustered, black glowing eyes. Another gun turret swung into position and spoke, and with a nauseating squelch, one of those eyes burst asunder. Malicious howled that demonic unsound again, and its eye tentacles spun together in what I thought, what I wish, had been pain. But no. No. The, the eyes bunched together, and the black light glow intensified, and abruptly a spray of fire and smoke jumped from the Storm Spawn's engine section. One of the starboard turrets detonated, spraying shrapnel into the ocean, and the gunship began to fall from the sky faster and faster. The Storm Spawn's helmsman must have he must have decided. The ship fell directly onto the thing and slammed into the creature's flank. Even from where I stood, the detonation of its engines nearly knocked me down. Three chitinous legs flew free from the beast, but it wasn't enough. Malicious screamed its loudest cursed rage yet as the wreck of the stormspawn burned. The thing lurched forward dragging its bloated, blobby mass via its many remaining legs in my direction. Cohorts, I ran. I ran as I never have before and don't know if I ever will again. I was partially aware after a while of crowd around me all fleeing, all practically mindless with terror, like me. I didn't know where the wave of fear was headed, nor did I care as long as it was away from malicious. Finally, though, my legs failed me. It was all I could do to struggle to the edge of the crowd and collapse into the entryway of an abandoned storefront. Slowly, my vision cleared again and my hearing with it. People were shouting and screaming and crying. Not far enough away, I heard titanic thuds and crashes. Not far enough and getting closer every moment. I couldn't run anymore, but the crowd was thinning and I realized that I was in Pontayu Circle downtown. I'd come farther than I realized. And that's when I saw them. Part of the crowd wasn't running. They were standing resolutely on the grass inside the circle. The sound of rending and crushing came closer and closer. They didn't move. They all looked like anyone else in the crowd, but anyone else was long gone, and these people were going nowhere. A shower of criss-glass fell from several of the buildings around the circle, and one office tower toppled backward majestically. I was nearly pinned by a chunk of steel beam that landed nearby. Once I had scooped together the remainder of my shattered wits, the dust had settled, and malicious had arrived, and the strange group of people was still right there. With a shout, a woman at the front of the group raised a hand to her chest, as though to grasp something. The others did the same. My eyes watered, or there was another puff of masonry dust, or... I'm not sure. But suddenly there stood a group of heavily armed and angry folks ready for combat. Men and women, catfolk, even other non-humans all of them wielding advanced technomagical weaponry. And the woman in front? Of course. Purple Jacket. Artemis Sable shot her free hand up in some sort of signal and ran toward the creature with a squad of her demon hunters behind her. Their blaster swords and plasma bows spat covering fire, though the projectiles did little. Then, all together, Artemis' group leapt. Magic or cybertech must have assisted those leaps. It looked almost like flight. And their blades glowed with white-hot intensity as they sheared in unison right through the joint of another one of those abominable legs. Still, the creature wasn't crippled. It swiped wildly with other legs and and the spines caught one of the jumpers. She screamed, impaled on the shiny black spikes. Bitch, it was terrible. It was horrible. Her friends couldn't get to her. Artemis signaled again and they all fell back to regroup. Terror and exhaustion began to claim me then. My head swam. And that's when I heard his voice. With a massive effort of will, I focused my gaze upon the statue of Princess Swiftstorm in the very middle of the circle. How many times had I seen the larger-than-life sculpture of her, her arms raised in peace and protection. But now, on the wide pedestal, Prime cybercaster Cyrus McAllen stood defiantly before the statue. He wore a huge cybercasting rig, including a backpack half his size, mounting two massive projectors on servo arms. It must have weighed a ton, but his hands on the control grips were guiding the projectors effortlessly. He shouted at Artema to pull her people back, to form up around him. Malicious dragged itself that much closer as she signaled her demon hunters to obey the order. I couldn't understand the next shout, but Artema began a caster's chant, and her group picked it up quickly. Then they all opened up with their weapons. The beams and blasts converged unnaturally into the air before them and lanced as one massive stroke into the base where the tentacles joined the body. The scream! I will hear that scream in my nightmares! if I live to have any more. But McAllen raised his projectors. Mana gems, focusing coils, transducer arrays that I only recognized maybe a third of its construction. Nicolin would have had a joyous fit. The eye tentacles began to coil together, focusing down on the demon hunters and on McAllen. I may have desperately shouted a warning, I'm not sure now. It would never have been heard. And it didn't matter. The blacklight glow formed, and McAllen's cybercasting projectors hit Malicious square in those grouped eyes. There was an incredible ethereal discharge. Some kind of interaction between the Demon Hunter weapons and McAllen's and the very last thing I saw was the sheaf of tentacles being ripped completely free of the beast before the blast collapsed the storefront around me. And that's when everything went black. I'm awake now. I can hear sounds outside the rubble, sirens and shouts, but the scream, that awful awful scream it stopped I know without being able to see or hear a thing I know the creature has been destroyed for now my city is safe I am grateful cohorts I hope you are safe too as for myself I'm pinned under this rubble, and there is a sticky puddle under me that is slowly growing in size, and I um, think the battery on my phone is about to give out. So, this is Glenn755 for Managlitch City Underground, hoping you were able to hear all of that. I'm signing off now of Z-Frequency 20... The voice of Managlitch City Underground today was Michael O'Brien as Glenn755. Maya Kralovna voiced Princess Swiftstorm as our narrator. Reagan Earl guest starred as a first responder. Episode 16, Which Night, was written by Michael O'Brien and script edited by Maya Kralovna. Our theme music is Crime of the Century by Consortium 499, on the web at ReverbNation.com slash Consortium 499. All other content is copyright 2015, Glitch City Media. Visit our website at Managlitch.com for more information about the city and links to our podcast archives. If you have questions about the world of Managlitch City, email them to Glenn755 at Managlitch.com or leave them as comments on our website, and we may use them in a future episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a positive review on iTunes. It helps a lot. Sir? Hold on, sir. We're almost there. Can you hear me, sir? Sir!